Welcome to the Innovation in Higher Education podcast, where we share the diverse views and perspectives of experts in higher education, HR, innovation, technology, and entrepreneurship from all around the world on topics related to the future of higher education and the future of work in an engaging, fresh, friendly, and very human format. Today's episode comes in partnership with Marije, the Master in Research and Innovation in Higher Education. Let's get started. Okay, so now we're up to the next part of the interview we were having uh, with Frank about university digitalization opportunities for teaching and learning, but the conversation led us to now talk about the topic of talent management, because we were talking about how um, how the pandemic has affected in general, like the, the, the function of universities that affects as well engagement of the students, the student experience, the quality of teaching, and so on and so forth, right? And we were discussing that the mindset of the teachers now uh, is a very, let's say it's a very important factor that university management has to take into account now in the way they recruit, um, which maybe, if correct me if I'm wrong, because yeah, maybe it's different in Germany, but they didn't have it in mind so much before, right? How can you... Let's let's go further into this. What what is your perspective about this and your experience? Yeah, well, if it if it comes to recruitment, I I think if I I don't know if I if this is true for Europe in general, for my country definitely it's true. There is there is one thing about recruiting professors, and that is um, recruiting professors, especially at traditional universities. Okay is mainly based on their research performance <laughs> yeah and can and... i stop you a bit i can i want to interrupt you here i would like to make a difference what do you call traditional universities and what would you call i don't know innovative universities in europe like give me some examples because yes. i i would like to have this definition clear yeah that's the, yeah that's the, that's a very good point so so we in, in 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 Germany, for instance, yeah, we have two different types of universities. Okay. We have what I would say is a traditional university that's a classical research university okay. um, as we know it. Um, the other type of university is what we call a university of applied sciences, yeah, which is also an academic institution, but more focused on on practical issues. Mm -hmm. um, stronger focus on teaching and learning and stronger focus on on regional contexts and and regional impact yeah and 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 so if we go to a traditional university which is the major which is which is the majority of the students studying there um and if you are a professor in a, in a research university you're if you apply and if if people start to select the right person they reflect on your research performance. I think that's that's very clear. Yeah, they they read your articles. They 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 think about uh, is that a great person who contributed to our field? But usually, to a certain extent, traditionally, we neglect the teaching side. Yeah, so we we organize a, a teaching session, and then students can say something. Is that a good teacher or so? But we do not really take it into account. And, and I think one of the shifts in mindset um, also related to the digitalization tendency is 
that skills in, in teaching become more important for the appointment of professors. Yeah, and, and, and we see it in some countries. We, for instance, if you if you think in another European country, if you think about the Netherlands, mm -hmm. um, they have something like, a, I can call it a teacher's driver license. <laughs> so before, before you can drive a car, you uh -huh. need a, a driver license. <laughs> and the, the Netherlands says, before you can hold a lecture, yeah, you, you need a certain qualification. Okay. And, and so these people have to go to certain courses, yeah, which which train their 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 teaching abilities. Yeah. So so the relevance, the relevance of teaching skills has increased. And 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 the digitalization is is just a kind of, of catalyst or or something that is making that tendency stronger. Yeah, because it's it's obvious that you need additional qualifications and and many universities are are setting up programs for for new professors uh with with all kinds of support to to become a good teacher and and i think that's a i think that's that's a good that's a good change yeah because it's i think it wasn't good to look only at the research performance because that sometimes led to people who were very bad teachers and, and were just going into their research and where we in in Germany for instance we are we are using the term of the student burden yeah so people are talking about the student burden so this is the mindset huh? yeah i want to do my research and the students are just a kind of waste of time yes. to to keep me off my my research okay. and and i want to argue that this is changing yeah, okay. and, and and the pandemic and the digitalization contributed to that um, by by saying there is an equal importance of all the missions of universities and and uh, professors have to develop their skills and, and in all in all respects. Yeah. I agree with you, especially if we are thinking about the student center approach, right? Uh, how, in my opinion, should be university like. Um, Okay, now I have one more question. I want to talk about practitioners, like teachers that are as well practitioners. You mentioned that there's a difference between, you know, traditional universities that are research-based and then the applied sciences universities that are more close to the yeah, applied, <laughs> applied sciences. Um, so from my experience in Peru, uh, the situation is, especially in business schools, and I think this might be the case as well, maybe in Europe, then you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but in Peru, business schools uh, and business faculties have the more, um, yeah, the, 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 the higher percentage of practitioner, of teachers that are as well practitioners from the industry because of the, like, yeah, because of the outcome at the end of the, of the faculty, right? They want to make the students employable for the industry, right? So uh, how do you see the situation here in, in Germany? Because in Peru, what happened sometimes as well was that regarding university culture that again we, there's not also so between inside the countries there are subcultures but inside the universities there are subcultures as well so mm -hmm. they they differ between faculty to faculty right um so what happened in peru and uh, in the business school i was was that we had what we used to call uh, the sacred cows of teachers who were the ones who were bringing a lot of 
research and publications and that would give the university the credentials of a university like uh you know like uh, all these uh, the badges and all the all the certifications that are based on the level of publications of the university but we also but these were teachers that were what you just described no teachers that maybe that for sure didn't have the student at the center of their interest right mm -hmm. and and they were always the ones who were um qualified with the lowest student uh, satisfaction, no? And in the other side, we had the, the practitioners uh, and they were the ones who, you know, were bringing the real experience to the classroom mm -hmm. and this was enriching the student's experience. But what happened in practice is that there, there was kind of a first class and second class culture of teachers. So these sacred cows were in the, in the first class teachers mm -hmm. and the practitioners were, were considered kind of a second class teacher so what what's what are your thoughts about this yeah well i think if you look at european countries i think there is a there is a certain strength i think that that we have in our system and this is this is what i previously mentioned when we talked about teaching and learning that is the differentiation between the University of Applied Sciences and the university, yeah, because uh, we we just we have it in the profile of the university, yeah. So the the profile says if you're a classical university, you have more more of these sacred cow kind of of people, and and that's that's okay, yeah. So so I, I wouldn't say as I think these people uh, there are there are there are people among in, in this group who are absolutely excellent teachers. Mm -hmm. yeah? So yes, I, I, yes. I wouldn't be so strict about the division yeah. of practice. Yeah, because they can, these people can be absolutely fascinating um, with, with the things they discovered. And, and, and they can, I think they, I, I know many of these people who can perfectly motivate students to, to become a researcher. So because they say, I want to be like, like her or him. Yeah. So, um, and, and, but we have also these universities of applied sciences where it's clear here, you meet people with more practical experience. So for instance, if you look at our higher education laws, um, there is even a legal um, requirement that if you want to become a professor at the University of Applied Sciences, you need a certain number of years practical experience. Yeah, so, so this is even a legal requirement. Um, but I think this gives students a choice. I think that's also a good thing. Yeah, because you say, if you want to go more for this practical thing, here is the University of Applied Sciences. Yeah, if you want to see the best researchers in the world, and and you want to work with them, um, then you can go there. Yeah, and and I think that makes that makes a strong higher education system. I think a strong higher education system has to be diverse, and has to give has to give a choice. And 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 that there are just to give you a very specific example. That example is myself <laughs> because I'm. Um, I, I have two affiliations. Yeah, I work in a private organization, the Center for Higher Education, and at the same time, I'm a part-time professor. Yeah, so I'm a 
I'm a kind of one-third uh, professor with one-third contract at the University of Applied Sciences. And, and all the projects and the practical things I do at CAG, I use it directly for my teaching um, at, at the university Yeah, with these two jobs combined. Yeah, so, so you see we have quite quite interesting models how you how you can organize that and I, th I think for that's an excellent model yeah because well we we, we often have the case that professors um, have a side job next to the university but then quite often it's it's moonlighting or yeah working somewhere in another place but in my case um, the idea is that there are synergies between the two jobs because you do something in practice which you can directly transfer to your teaching. And also from teaching, you take back inputs to your practical work. Yeah, and and I think that's that's great. Yeah, that's that's great for a university. And and yeah, so so maybe that's an interesting example to illustrate what I what I mean by this this practical orientation. I agree with you, and I definitely think that this mixture of experiences definitely enriches the learning experience at the end of the of the students, right? But talking about university third mission, right? In the in the twenty first century, you know, universities become um like active active players in the betterment of societies, right? So talking about um the university third mission, what would you say? Uh, would you say are traditional universities just merely research based with uh, yeah with a lower focus with a lower focus on on applied research? Let's say this are still relevant for the future. We are we're shifting topics a bit, but I think the conversation is leading us to this. So <laughs> let's just go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we go a bit away from the effects of the pandemic and yeah. so we'll go, go, go to the more... No, but I think I think the <laughs> pandemic at the end, uh, yeah. you know, it, it was like a trigger like that 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 made a lot of uh, that made some problems that were important urgent you know like so yeah, but, yeah 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 so going back not answering your question for the moment i do that in a minute but <laughs> um, um coming back to to the third mission and the pandemic um i i think i think the pandemic was a strong push moving forward with the third mission of universities in two respects i think the first respect is in in Germany, we call it science communication. Yeah, in 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 the pandemic, um, people started in a very intensive way to look at what what professors, what academics have to say about what's happening. Yeah, so we all know these these uh, famous. I think in every country country there is a famous. Vi virologist um who, ah, yeah, true, who, true. who explained <laughs> who explained to to the people um what's happening and and, and what this what this virus is about and, and so on yeah so so and that's part of the third mission yeah yes. so so uh, science has to communicate with society yes i and, think and, and, and that communication 
I think really was a strong impact. And, and, and I know that, so in my country, for instance, that, that had a strong impact and universities now have a very strong focus to keep on doing that, mm -hmm. yeah, to, to explain to society things that are going on and to explain it with uh, scientific methods. Yeah, so, so creating a kind of openness of society to, to listen, to listen to academics and to listen what they have to say and what they have to recommend. I think that's a, that's a strong influence on the third mission. And a second influence on third mission of, of the pandemic um, was, I, I know that, for instance, from many universities in, in Asia, in Southeast Asia, for instance, um, in the pandemic, they were very active in providing services to regional communities. So, so they, they, I think in, in chemistry labs, um, they, they started to produce disinfectants or, or they, they, or engineers started to produce face shields or whatever in, in their, in their labs. And, and, and maybe that's not a task for university in the long run, yeah? But that creates the idea that a university has to contribute to, to its local community, mm -hmm. yeah? And is, is relevant for the local community. And, and I know many examples where really in the pandemic, I would say the, the local community and the university moved closer together. Yeah, because they they work together on solutions that that were needed. So so I think these are two effects um, uh, which are very which relate what happened in the pandemic to a more important role of third mission. Definitely. And, in and, and by saying that, I forgot your initial question. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no, but I just wanted to ask. I just wanted to ask. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to say, yeah. uh, building up on what you just said, in Peru as well, this happened. For example, a lot of universities uh, started building in Peru. The oxygen, oxygen in the pandemic in the pandemic was a huge problem. Uh, access yeah. to oxygen was a huge problem. Oh my God, the prices for oxygen were inhumane. Uh, and universities started developing um, solutions for this. So I think definitely the pandemic enhanced the relevance on, of university third mission and, and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. I also forgot my former question. <laughs> I think it was something about uh, uh, different kinds of universities and, and traditional universities. Do they also have a third right, mission? Right, uh, yeah. right. You have better memory no, than no, me. Okay, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think... I, Yes. I think I think there is no university which could say I'm not interested in in the third mission. Okay. I think every university has to address that because every university has a relationship to society. Yes. Yeah, a university is not an island in itself. Yeah, we we don't want to to put academics back into the ivory tower. Yeah, I think that's that's not the way to go. But um, for different universities, um, third mission could mean very different things. Okay. Yes. So what I just said before, um, our famous German virologist uh, who was everywhere on the media and had a, had a podcast and everything um, during the pandemic, um, he came from one of the elite 
best universities. Yeah, so this was not a practical guy. This was really a, a, a very high-ranked, or still is a very high-ranked researcher. Yeah, with a lot of merits in 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 research. Yeah, and 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 that's maybe a task for a classical university to to explain to people things that are out there and to to contribute to explanations what you should do against climate change or or whatever yeah so 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 this is a task for for every university but maybe the production of of face shields or whatever is is not something for elite university but for one which is more related to to regional contexts or so yeah so so i think that's Third mission is a very broad concept, and, right. and, there is, and there is some, but but there is something in it for every university. Every no university should isolate itself from society. I think that's, I think that's over. And 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 here to come back to the pandemic, maybe also the pandemic made a bit of contribution to to move into that direction. That's I, I definitely agree with you. And coming back as well to this change management uh, topic and uh, to not lose the first thing we were talking about in this episode, let's go back to talent development and talent management, okay? Yeah, <laughs> well, there are so many important things. Oh my God, yes, we could talk about. about this hours, really, but, <laughs> <laughs> but then I will have problems at, uh, putting a title to the episode. Yes, uh, okay. Yeah. So, and at a certain point, we will lose our audience. I yes, think. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. So, um, coming back to the topic of talent management in universities, and maybe, uh, maybe uh, to 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 close this conversation, um, what the, uh, how do you foresee or what are the opportunities that the pandemic has uh, brought to to university talent management? How do you see university mm. talent management evolving into a digital world, into the twenty first century, into you know, uh, a globalized world of higher education, let's say this. Yeah, yeah. I, I Maybe I, I want to stress one thing we about that, which we didn't address so far, but I think it's also important. Uh -huh. the, so for talent management, what is important is the the working in environment yeah, that, 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 you, that you get at a university. Yes. And, and I think we all know that the pandemic also induced quite a lot of changes. Yeah. So, so for instance, um, the the whole um, um, uh, mobile, remote working, home office, and whatever kind of thing. Yeah. Which which was inevitable during the pandemic. Yeah. Because the universities were closed, so so people had to had to stay at home. Um, but what I see now in 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 German universities is that this really changed the culture. Yeah, so, so this was not a short-term effect. It's a long-term effect that working at the university, I think it's also in other, it's also in companies or so it's the same, but working at the universities becomes much more flexible in terms of place and timing and everything. And, and that is especially also something for the university management and administration. Yeah, because we, 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 we have some research about that um, in, in, in Germany. And the research says um, before the pandemic, 
there was a strong difference between administration and management of a university and the academics because the academics always had a lot of freedom. Yeah, you can, as a professor, as long as you do not give your lecture, yeah, you can sit in your holiday house by the sea or whatever and, and do your research there. Yeah, mm -hmm. if you don't have to go to the lab or, or to a classroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so so nobody asks for it was always the case that nobody asks where you are. Okay. Yeah, but, but for the university administration in, in our country, everything was very strict and, and, and very much you have to be there and sit on your chair and not leave before so and so hour. Yeah. Yeah. So personality was very strong, right? Like yes, and, and, and that and that changed completely. Yeah? yeah. So now at every university, all the employees they they have a lot of freedom and and so so there are agreements now within universities which in many which say something like um it is required that you spend two or three days in in the university and the rest is free yeah or you you can and 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 i think that to a certain extent that makes working at a university more attractive yeah because you you can handle your family and then so 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 that's really something that's a change in mindset so we go more to flexible working modes which which help you to keep the balance between family other things you do your work and so so that's really a change and and maybe the second thing which has an impact on how academics work is of course the experiences that we made in the pandemic in terms of um, international relations yes yeah, so so because before the pandemic we thought international relation means you have to travel <laughs> yeah and 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 i think after the pandemic that's my expectation in the same way as we move to blended learning we also move to blended internationalization. Yeah, so internationalization means, of course, you still have to travel. Yeah, of course, it, it will never work without meeting the colleagues and it will never work with the students going abroad and, and everything. But there is a substantial component of internationalization at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that gives an interesting opportunity also for teachers yes. yeah because you you could be a teacher at a university in germany and and you could at the same time um you could accept um a teaching task at a university in peru or in the united states yeah yes. because then you can do it online yes yeah and and that's very that's a very interesting opportunity yeah so 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 i i think that gives a lot of options for talents, um, which which help them to to develop their their talent. And and maybe the other side is I think so personally I think if if we also think about what we as universities have to do to save the planet and to to contribute to sustainability, um, I would say some of the academic mobility. In, in previous times was ex exaggerated and and didn't make sense. So so what I always say for, for myself, I I remember I I once I was flying to Brazil um, to give two lectures. 
Okay. Yeah, so I was flying to Brazil to to give lectures two times one and a half hours, and and I would say for myself I will never do that again. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> if I if I if I just give a lecture in Brazil, um, I will do it online. Yes, yeah? of course. If I want to work with colleagues intensively, yeah, then I would go there for two weeks or or, or whatever or make an extensive, very intensive program of meeting people and so on. So I still would love to go to Brazil because it was great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I think the pandemic made all of us reflect what are we doing here? Yeah. And, and are we only thinking about having fun in Brazil or, or do we also have to think about what we do to the planet? And and so for me that changed a lot of things. Yeah. So of course I'm now I'm back I'm back to traveling. Yeah. So so I already was this year I was in in on the Philippines and and in India already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but it I thought about it. Does it make sense? Yeah. So is there really something going on which requires that I go there, or could I tell the colleagues let's make it online? Yes. And, and I think that's a very good development. So, so I think we came to a better balance and, and this online world gives such a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I just, today I come from a workshop, I, I moderated um, a panel discussion and that, 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 that workshop was for people in Africa, Asia and Europe. Yeah, and, and we made it in Europe at, I think it started at, at uh, 1.30 p.m. And that was for one part of the audience. For those in Latin America, it was six o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and for others, it was, it was something in the evening. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, so for in Asia, it was, it was in the evening. So, but imagine, yeah, you can bring together an academic group without any traveling, yeah, for, for two hours or so. And we had a fantastic discussion. And and there's really a person sitting in Colombia, one in Kenya and, and one in Germany. And and so I, I like this new world. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, I think that the, the exchange of, of, of yeah. you know cultures and the, the debate there just enriches itself greatly. Coming back to the topic of uh, opportunities for talent management, I want to address the topic of um, employer branding. Okay, because now we yeah. are we were talking at the beginning of this episode that you know, like now universities really need to think about the skills of the professors and of the not only the professors but as well the administrative um, personnel that they hire. Right, this changes the game in the way of. Okay, now I have to, I mean, I have opportunities to hire, like yeah. hire remotely, hire, you know, uh, now my 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 talent market is global, kind of, with mm. uh, taking into account what you just said, you know, about the opportunities of one teacher in Germany teaching in Peru and Peru in Germany, mm. etc. Um, how this changes the game for university talent attraction like now universities are competing for talent as well now like yeah, yeah. now we're in the <laughs> they're in the world of talent yeah yeah I, I have a bit mixed feelings about your question <laughs> so because on on the one hand i think you address an extremely important topic 
Yeah, so so employer branding is an absolute issue for for universities. On the other hand, I don't know if the pandemic is really a game changer here. Okay. Um, I think there are other things which have a stronger influence. Okay. Uh, to, to give you one example, yeah, our and coming back to the universities of applied sciences, uh -huh. yeah, our universities of applied sciences have an enormous issue with recruiting professors. But I think one of the main things is um, the, the salary they get, um, because I said in the University of Applied Sciences, uh, these people come from industry. Mm -hmm. yeah? So they had a practical job before, and this is a requirement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But what you can earn as a salary at a university of applied sciences doesn't compete with industry. Doesn't right? compete with yes. industry. If, oh if, you're God, an yes. engineer, if you're an engineer, yeah. So this is yeah. You, but but still, many people do it, yeah, because they appreciate um, the freedom and 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 they they have a kind of intrinsic motivation. I want to give my knowledge to students and whatever. Yeah, and and so the university has uh, has to use that for employer branding. Yeah, and say, hey guys, look here. Well, you don't get money, but <laughs> you you get a lot of great great things. Um, but you enrich your soul. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's still it's it's still reasonable the salary. Yeah, it's just comparing yes, to what yes. you're in the industry. I, I understand what you mean. Um, um, that, but but so 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 this is an issue of employer branding. But it's a different kind of influence, yeah. So this is not related to the pandemic. And and I think another aspect of em employer branding is, um, my perspective is always, um, an employer and an employee they have to fit, yeah. So cultural so, fit is super important. And and if employers are different, they have to communicate to the employees what makes the difference. And then the employee could decide, okay, do I fit with with that? Yeah, and and so I come back to to an argument I made before, where I said um, a, a good higher education system has diverse institutions. Yeah, and and well, to 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 make to give you one example, in, in, at CHE we have we have worked on a, for many years we work on a project and. Now it's uh, on a project which is called family-oriented universities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so there is a kind of club of universities, and they they have a certain special part of their brand, is that they say um, we are good universities for people with families, so students and employees. Yeah, so we have. We have an own university kindergarten. We this is a good um, value proposition, actually. This is a great yeah, yeah. Well, and, and 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 this is a special thing. Not not every university in Germany is promising that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but there are some which do so, and and that's a certain brand, and and that is that might be convincing to some of the people. So again, it's about choice and and diversity, but but if there is diversity. We need transparency. Yeah. So if if people don't know what the brand means, then, then they cannot make a choice. Yeah. So 
So, so it's a it's about commun communicating your the elements of your brand and your your value proposition, yeah, that you that you give to potential employees. And um, but again, yeah. So I would say, like I started to, to make my argument, this is very important, but it's not so much related to the pandemic, or I, I don't see a major change because of because of the pandemic here. Yeah, I had this up. I had the up uh, actually which I wanted to discuss with you if if it changed something or if it didn't change mm -hmm. so much, you know? Like mm -hmm. I think there are other factors as you just mentioned that uh, other than the pandemic that are more important in this aspect. And looking into the future, how do you foresee if you had to, if you just to close this because we have 4 minutes. If you had to imagine a university in the future, how would you imagine uh how do you imagine the people that works in the university there? Would you would you say that internationalization and globalization of university talent will happen? Do you would, would you think, or would you say that, anyways, um, we will we will kind of continue in the way we were before? Yes. So I would imagine that that repeats some of the things we already have discussed. Yeah, yes. but I would imagine that the university of the future has a, or the universities have differentiated profiles and that they will have employees which fit with their profile and are happy personally with their mindset and their values and so with the values of the university so that's the first point the fit yeah, yeah cultural fit the, is is with the pandemic or without the pandemic it has to be a very important thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the, the second the second is uh, why i would assume that yeah maybe internationalization would even play a stronger role um, but in a blended way yeah so so internationalization would mean what we call international internationalization at home so so some of it happens without going to another place um, but some of it would still happen with going to another place yeah so there will be a blended mode a third point maybe the 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 working conditions of the future hopefully <laughs> will be influenced by all these ideas of what you call new work yeah so high flexibility um, high autonomy of people um, agile structures, yeah. So, so not not sitting in the same department yes. and the same structure for all of your life, but but working in flexible, agile working groups on certain issues. Yeah, I think that 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 will also be part part of the story and a very high flexibility. I think the 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 fourth will be the the the. Well, an institution has to think about the interests and the values of their employees coming back to the family issue. Yeah. So if the famous work-life balance is something that is important for people, a university has to deal with it. And yeah, maybe also the task, maybe one one thing I would like to stress, because this is the field I work on, I, mm -hmm. you know, that, that I work on higher education management. I think an, an especially important part of the whole story is a highly professionalized um, university and higher education management, yeah, which is using modern management tools and, and so on. 
So so that's also part of it. And and maybe I can continue for hours, but we I think we have to come to an end soon. Yeah. You were talking about Frank the the professional professionalization of higher education management. Would you say at the moment it is not yet completely professionalized? Yeah, well the if if we come back to the to the pandemic issue, yeah, like I like I tried to say before, in in, in terms of working conditions many university administrations were still quite traditional yes yeah and 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 what is changing is that on the one hand this prof professionalization means um that there are new tasks for university managers yeah so they have to deal they, they have to be the ones who organize the employer branding yeah or 100 who, who build up a good university accounting and controlling system or or whatever yeah so so professional management and but 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 these these jobs only are attractive um if they also have good working conditions yeah so it's it's new tasks and the other thing is good working conditions and and this happens because of the pandemic because you you now also have the freedom to work from Uh, remote or to to be more flexible in in terms of working hours and so on so so as a university manager you work more like an academic yeah and and that brings these two groups closer together yeah because they they have the, the same working conditions they are in the same institution and and i think there is a positive impact from from the pandemic on the working condition for higher education managers. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the points. Do you think that in the future, um, more people from universities will go to industry as as a result of this uh, as a result of these characteristics that you mentioned about universities that at the moment are you know still need a lot of improvement. So regarding culture, salary, and so on and so forth. Do you think this is a threat to university talent? Not, not more as it used to be. Okay. I, I think I think not not really. I think there is a there's a very good chance for universities to be very attractive. For I agree as well. For academics and managers. Yeah, because of that. Of that culture of of freedom, the, the culture of autonomy, the the culture of uh, we are working for society. Yeah, we 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 do something which is useful and and, and all that. And 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 if 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 the if the universities are good at making that part of their branding, I don't think they have to be afraid. Um, they they are they could be good employers. Yeah, but. But if they are bureaucratic, uh, uh, yeah, institutions not open to new developments, then they are not attractive. Yeah, then then they will lose people. And so so, I, maybe there is more of what I what I described as my personal example. Maybe there will be more of these models of cross employment. Yeah, I think that's an. I think that's an interesting thing to 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 open up for for such models where you can work in both places yeah or there are other things that there is 
there is more intensive collaboration with industry by what we have in some universities in Germany, establishing joint labs yeah, mm -hmm. between universities and industry. Mm -hmm. but, but then the universities great. still could be an attractive employer. But people in the university are exposed to interaction with people from industry and, and they are happy with it. Yeah, so, so we shouldn't be afraid. I think we, we have many things that are on our side as, as added value to work as a university, at a university. You mentioned, you mentioned something about culture as well. Um, so at the end, universities have subcultures as we have mentioned a couple of times before. Um, and at the end, the, the culture of an area of a university depends, or I don't know if it depends 100%, but it's pretty dependent on the mindset of the manager of that area, right? Um, so at the end, the like the employee experience, how 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 at ease, how comfortable, uh, uh, how happy, and uh, uh, a person would feel whether it is administrative or or, or academic um, working in a university will depend pretty much on the and the and the area manager, right? And I think it's um, we have established as well that there has there there is a strong university culture especially in the more traditional universities right what happens with talent management um in for the future let's take into a vision in the future as well um if if this if these university managers are pretty traditional so they are really hard to change in the mindset yeah, before I accept your your assumption, I, I, I still want to stress that university culture is a complex construct. Yeah, because there is you're right, there is the influence of the person, of the leader, yeah, of, of an institution, but there are so many more aspects of culture. Yeah, there is the organizational culture, there is the regional culture, there is the disciplinary culture. Yeah, we all know that an engineer is different from a person from the humanities yes. in, in ways of thinking. Yes. And, yeah, and yes. So, so that's, that's just a difference. Um, and there is also something like an academic culture, yeah, which says, I don't know, peer review shows quality or so. Though these are these are academic values. And and what we see in the end as the culture is always a mixture of all of them. But of course, you're right that this leadership issue is is also one. And and maybe to come back uh, to 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 this aspect, maybe related again to the pandemic. Yeah. So what leaders in universities, but I think also in industry, had to learn during the pandemic is is what we call leadership from the distance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. So one of the traditional ideas of a leader is, um, well, I can lead if the people are sitting here in the offices and and I can go there and tell them what to do or, or discuss with them what has to be done or so. And, and for a leader, it is, for instance, very hard to accept that someone is sitting at home yeah, because then as a leader, you start wondering, oh, what is she doing at home or... Are they really working and, and so on? Lack of trust, yeah, lack of trust. <laughs> maybe a lack of trust, yeah. But but my personal opinion is uh, 
if someone is sitting at his or her desk in the office, you can also not say if they are really working. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> so I think it's I think it's the same thing at home or, or yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. And 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 also, well, leading from leading at the distance brings new challenges. To give you a very practical example, in, in at CHG in my organization, I agreed with my employees um, on the rule that if your boss sends you an email on the weekend you don't have to respond <laughs> yeah because i think this is one of the issues if you have more home office and, and and so on i think there is it's more difficult to to have a kind of borderline between work and and not working yeah because in the end you do everything at home and and i think many employees work more at home than they do in the office yeah but however yeah but as a leader you have to accept all that and, and mm -hmm. you have you have to deal with that and if you come with the mindset that you think you can assess the performance of your staff by counting the number of hours that they sit in their office yeah then then you are wrong yes. yeah and and so so this well, is a challenge <laughs> this is a challenge and and i i definitely agree with you that um, well, moving to all these good ideas for the future also needs leadership development. Yeah. And especially at a university, you cannot take for granted that a leader is willing to develop. <laughs> because um, I don't know if I don't know why I speak for, for my country, mm -hmm. but in my country, I would say there is a kind of tradition that we think I'm a professor, I can do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and if I'm a professor, well, I can also lead a faculty or I can lead a university. This is not a major issue. Yeah. But but it's not enough to be a good a, a good researcher in, in physics. That's not enough to lead a university. Definitely not. Yeah. And but but there is it's a so that's the traditional thought. But in my country, there is a change in mindset. Yeah. So so for instance, CHE, my institution, we are now for almost ten years. We are organizing a leadership training program for vice presidents of universities. Mm -hmm. yeah? And then they really that's an intensive program. They go through couple of workshops over the period of nine months and so on and and they really benefit from it yeah because they reflect on their role yeah what what do we think is a good leadership approach and and so on so so there is a change in mindset yeah that you you go away from that idea i'm a professor i just can do it um to i have to think about what is my leadership style um, how can I convince people that they follow um, a certain direction that our university wants to go and so on? So it's an important thing. But uh, here I'm optimistic again. I think things are changing and, uh -huh. and we, are making, we are making progress with that. And let's put ourselves in the situation that this doesn't change uh, within some leaders in an organization. Um, what would happen then? Like, uh, what are the options that the university, because there are also levels of management, right? Like, what are the options that the university would have to solve this? Because I understand as well. I don't know if this happens as well with German universities or in general in Europe, but in Peru, once you are named in the university, you cannot be fired. 
Yeah. Well, but as a as a leader, yes, yeah. So, but you can. You if can't be fired. Like what what happens yeah. is like they move you to another, and this is yeah. I've seen this happen. Like they, for example, if you are I don't know a leader of an area, a leader of a department, and if it if if the university beings see that something is not working well of their you know that um they can't fire you so they move yeah. you it's a bit what happens in public institutions uh they move you to other departments that are let's say they yeah. that are let's yeah. say less important or let where you have a less impact uh, but you keep yeah. earning the same you keep um yeah your contract stays with the same um yeah. yeah well, in, in, as, as, a, as a professor in Germany, you are you are you usually you are a civil servant, and, yeah. and of course you you can never be fired. But but uh, but in in leadership positions, yeah. So the deans, presidents, vice presidents, and so on. If if you don't succeed, of, of course you have a certain term of four years or six years or whatever mm -hmm. but but if you don't succeed you you will lose your office of course so, so, so i think there is a i think the, the the governance structures would sanction non okay. non-performance and 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 i think if there is if, if there would be no change in mindset if, if they would say yeah, we go back to the strict old ways, and then yeah, we. I think they, the university will be in trouble. Yeah, because without, I try to say without, so 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 employees uh, or academics, they they expect good flexible working conditions, and if you cannot deliver, people go to another university, and you will not have good professors and. You will fall behind in competition. You will lose your students, and yeah, you. you so that's. Uh, I think we have. I think competition works to a certain extent here. Okay, great. Then. Well, Frank, it has been a pleasure talking to you. I think I think we have covered a lot of topics, very important ones. I think as well we could talk about this for hours, <laughs> but this wouldn't be practical for a podcast, unfortunately. Um, well. I don't know if you have some final remarks, something that you would like to add, some final thoughts about all these things that we have talked about. I think we discussed everything. Right? <laughs> Me too. Okay, great then. Uh, thanks for your time. And Thank you for listening to the Innovation in Higher Education podcast. Follow us on LinkedIn and subscribe to our newsletter to not miss any episode. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok as at Innovation in Higher Ed. Cheers. <laughs>